Welcome to the new media show. We're back. Doing the new media show again. People are actually going to listen to this junk. We do it live. We're live right now. We'll just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We just can't get enough. The new media show. Let's go. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. Bada bing, bada boom. The new media show. We do it live. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We're going live. The new media show. I'm like Adam Curry, and you're more like John C. Devorah. I think I am Adam Curry, and you're the old curmudgeon. We do it live on the new media show again. The new media show. Technology. We make it sound so special. Hey, Rob, welcome to the new media show. We're live. We are. We are live, Todd. (laughs) Keep it live. Keep it live. That's the saying for the last couple of episodes. That's right. And I, I do have to really um, start the show out. We, we had a shocker today. <laughs> I had yes, a. Yes, we did. And, and I've actually got an email. I, I had a PayPal payment hit the inbox that kind of like, I, first of all, I thought it had something to do with podcast awards. But then when I looked at it, it was the new media show. So all I can say, and the person, I think they want to stay. L- let me just read this. Uh, first, it, it was significant. I'll just tell the audience that it says, Hey, Todd and Rob, sorry, Rob, I don't have your email. That's what's, what's it's in the email. He says, I just want to follow up on our donation today with a note to both of you to say, thanks for all you do. We don't have a PhD in podcasting yet, but we're getting there in no small part to the efforts you make, as well as the lessons and information you two share with the rest of us every week. This donation is made in a spirit of appreciation and part of the efforts you make as well as the lessons information you two. Oh, wait, this, I, I read that twice. This donation is main spirit of uh, appreciation and gratitude. So please don't share, feel the need to say thanks. We're going to anyway, as it re- represents a demonstration of value we've already gotten from the two of you. We've participated, uh, we're particularly grateful to your defense and advocacy of the RSS as a cornerstone of podcasting. Of course, we are also tied to that ideal in many ways, but you have carried the, but you too have carried the flag for many years when the rest of us could not. And we just want to acknowledge that in a way we hope is beneficial to you and the cause of the new media show. Thanks for all you do. And uh, I, I won't say who sent the donations, but it was from two individuals um, at a company. Um, and we do appreciate their contribution significantly. It was, I told Rob, I said, I need your PayPal because I, I got to send you your portion of this. And, and I, and if it had been like 50 bucks, we'd have just thrown it on a bill or something, but no, this was much bigger. So, um, thank you. Yeah, really. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the, for the support. I think this is the first time that such a thing has happened. That's right. <laughs> we, you know, we've gotten some donations over the yeah, years, the past, you know, right. 25, 50 bucks, but wow. This, this one would pay a bill. So thank you right. very, very, very much. And, uh, yeah. if anyone else wants to hit the PayPal link, you know, more power to you. We definitely right. appreciate it. So, um, yeah, thanks to those two. Uh, it is greatly appreciated. I sent them a note back and, uh, if we see it podcast movement, uh, the round of cocktails is on me for sure. So, Hey Todd, um, on, on a little bit of this theme, um, and we were both on a call earlier today, um, talking about our, our session that's coming up at podcast movement. Um, so we had the, the guests that we're going to have at, um, at the live on stage event 
that's going to be streamed um, to virtual ticket holders for podcast movement. And we were talking a lot about advertising mm-hmm. and I thought it was a very interesting subject and I just wanted to raise it to you, Todd, do you think this show should submit to, to accept advertising? Oh, what's your thought? I don't, I don't know. know. It's just, it's just something to throw out there, right? Who are we going to advertise for? Are we going to advertise for other podcast companies or I think that, I don't think our employers would like that so kinda, much. Kind of, kind of shavers maybe, <laughs> maybe, um, maybe glasses <laughs> could be, but uh, I'm, I'm not giving up my Oakley. Sorry. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're going to be, uh, you know, kind of selling out and everybody else is selling out, <laughs> look, what's, what's stopping us. Right. Yeah. No, just kidding. I mean, I think it's an interesting question to explore for this show. I think we've been doing it a long time and maybe a, there's a couple of sponsors that might be com- complimentary to, to the show and the audience here. Yep. And yeah, who knows? Yeah. We, know. But if anyone else wants to be a benefactor, feel right, free. If you want to donate and keep <laughs> us from getting advertising, we're, you're certainly more than welcome to do that. That's Yeah. And we, we do appreciate it, but you know, I, I think the conversation we're going to have at Podcast Movement, which you all get to hear post if you're not actually a virtual ticket holder, and I would right. encourage you to do so because they've actually put content up today. So you can actually yeah. get access to the virtual ticket and all the virtual sessions are now available, mm-hmm. but you got to buy that virtual ticket at Podcast Movement. Now, we don't have a promo code, uh, but I think if you maybe you can use our company. I think we have a promo code Blueberry. I don't know. I, I think we do. You can try that at checkout. Maybe there's one for Libsyn too. Maybe Rob yeah, and I. Yeah. So, you know. I don't happen to know what it is off the top of my head right yeah, now. Yeah. If it, if it yeah. was anything, it would be Blueberry. So you can use the promo code and, and get on that virtual ticket. But I think that, um, you know, I'm getting excited about next week. And, you know, I was actually telling my audience yeah. for my other show, I was actually digging through, making sure my suit still fit and pants and dress pants. <laughs> and wow. button shirts yeah. over, you know, made sure that they didn't need to go to the cleaners and all that stuff. Right. So, um, yeah, it's like, wow, I had to figure out where a tie was and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So tie? I don't, oh, I'm not, goodness. I'm not wearing a tie. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking, I think I, I don't even know if I have ties anymore, Todd. What? So there's, you always boy. have, you always have to have one black suit and one dress white shirt. Or a darker colored shirt and a tie because you never know when you have to go to a funeral. Well, I do have that <laughs> outfit that I wore, remember, um, to to get the um, Hall of Fame oh. induction. So I had that little bow tie, remember? Yeah, and, yeah that was. And I had the 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 jacket and everything. Yeah, you know. So, so I I still have that. So if I have to, so, I can so just can whip out that. the whip out the bow tie, Todd. But I guess I I don't know. People still go to funerals and you know dressed in black anymore or not. But anyway, that, uh, fortunately knock on wood, I haven't had to attend a funeral anytime lately, but, um, yeah, you gotta have at least one of those, but you know, I'll be, be sporting a jacket here a little bit, um, at, at the event. Um, I go down early cause I got meetings actually, I'll be in Nashville Monday morning. So if anybody yeah, I'm gonna be in there on the second and I believe that's Monday too. Yeah. So, I get, I'm in, I actually come in Sunday night and then, uh, oh, be, you do. Okay. yeah, so I've got some meetings scheduled first thing Monday morning. So if any of you are getting in early in Nashville, let us know and hit us up on social or, you know, via the email or so on forth and we can, um, we can meet up. 
but you know, you, you include me in on a video Rob, that, and I hadn't read pod news in a couple of days. I've been just so busy mm-hmm. getting buried. I, I, <laughs> I watched the video of the, well, why, why Peter, don't you go? Peter Visser's kind of coming back from that, that crazy Hollywood party article that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he went through line by line and, and disputed just about all the claims that were in that article. Um, it seemed to be pretty, it seemed to me to be pretty effective comeback on all the stuff that was going on. So maybe it wasn't as bad as people were saying it is. Um, you know, so I, I mean, to be totally honest, Todd, I, I haven't seen anything bad that Peter Visser's done myself personally. So, you know, the I, things that he said there in that video mm-hmm. are pretty consistent with what my experience has been with him. I have no, absolutely so, zero. I, I've never even right. met the man. So, right. It didn't feel like he was lying about anything. I mean, he was showing evidence of stuff. Plus, uh, yeah, I, I just saw him as a guy that really likes to party hard, but that, that doesn't really mean anything Mm -hmm. really in the bigger picture. I didn't see him do anything wrong. So it just is a little questionable when somebody gets drunk and falls asleep at, at at the dinner table with everybody. (laughs) So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the worst thing that I've seen him do. Yeah. Well, you know, and he'd, I will say one thing. He's not bashful about his opinion of that article. <laughs> no. And if you're being sued by multiple people about what's in that article, um, you could understand, you know, to some degree. Yeah. But uh, that was, uh, that was interesting. And if you haven't read it or seen it, it I don't know if my, of course, I wouldn't hopefully never be in that position, but Um, I don't know if that type of response would have flown from my company's leadership, but he really doesn't have, he he is who he is. (laughs) He doesn't have to answer to nobody. So, right. Sorry. I'm getting nailed here by text messages. Let me turn off my dinger here so that you don't hear that in the background. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was, that was, uh, (laughs) And he was showing screenshots of text messages. And some of those text messages were like, wow, we're going to put the laundry out there. And he kind of inclu- in, in, hinted at the end <laughs> that mm-hmm. if uh, if more people come out, he sounds like he's got more firepower in his emails. So, whoo. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Spicy messages might be the <laughs> right way of saying it. Right. And that's. That goes back to what I was saying about my, my experience with him is that things were, you know, um, I mean, he's a, he's a younger guy and things, you know, he, he did younger, not, he did younger not, generation kind of does things a little different. He didn't deny hookers or blow. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> or drinking no, or drinking all that stuff. Or right. a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, right. so it's like, yeah, oh, okay. Or, or, yeah, or smoking cannabis. He was, he admitted to that too. So. Yeah, a lot of people smoke right. weed. So what? Well, especially <laughs> nowadays. Right? right. So, right. So, 
yeah. So lots of stuff going on. That was more the dirt side of stuff, but you know, we're, we're excited, like we said about podcast movement and that, uh, live on stage version of the new media show is going to be on August 6th at two fifteen central standard time is when it starts. So if you have the virtual ticket, you can find it. It's kind of at the end of the, it's one of the last couple of sessions for the whole event. Um, so just, just keep that in mind. Um, so we're going to have just a couple of guests up there unless I can find, you know, one other person between now and next week to, to join us on stage. But I think it's a good, I think it's yeah. a good mix between ha- having a representative from a large, I, I would say the largest podcast agency mm-hmm. buying agency to be joining us, um, to talk about all the issues around podcast advertising. I mean, there are just, I mean, Todd, we could probably do a three hour episode. Oh my God. Yeah. Podcast and, advertising. And you know, what's interesting yeah. is he, he mentioned, I, I won't mention the number and confidence here because he's, he said it today in the call, but he said how many shows he was working with. And I about fell out of my chair. Right. It was a big number. I mean, a big number, I'm a, a big number. And, uh, right. so he has some perspective here that, I mean, they're, they're operating in a whole, whole different level. So. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's that frequent that, uh, that a person, you know, you know, an executive at that scale gets up on a podcast and shares all of the behind the scenes yeah. of a big agency like that. That's buying into hundreds and hundreds of podcasts, right? What they're looking Not for. Hundreds, thousands. Well, yeah. Um, and, and you know, what they're looking for, what's the criteria, what's important to them, all those kind of topics are going to be what we cover in that right. session. And, and it's, it's eye opening, but it's also Todd, it was fascinating to hear you talk with him because it was almost like you have an experience that goes back like 10 or 15 years on this topic. And a lot of stuff he's talking about are things that you've kind of already experienced. I already knew you know what I'm saying it was so, like talking to my brother from another mother. It was just like, right. wow. It was like, wow. Right. So you do have industry understanding of this, of the issues. I think at the bottom of the line, and we'll explore this during the session is, is as an industry, what can we do to improve the situation? But, but Rob, there's a few things he said there that I was like, mm-hmm. so, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he, he's moved beyond the curve here. So I'm looking forward to learning something as well. Yep. You know, right. To have Danny Pena up on stage with us, uh, to give the content creators perspective on these issues. Cause Danny does a lot of sponsorships and a lot of, um, deals with big brands like Microsoft and things like that for his gamer tag radio show. Um, so it should be really interesting to have that contrast yeah. and that perspective from, from the buying side and the content creator side. And that was the idea behind having both of those guys and, join us. And I do want to say something too. Rob went to great lengths to try to invite some other folks to the panel and just a lot of people were leaving. And we couldn't early. get on. Right. Yeah, they were leaving early and we couldn't get them on because they weren't there. It was, you know, some folks that were, you know, operating very high level. Um, and right. uh, so anyway, I just, I, I kind of want to mention that we kind of, you know, both of us kind of struggle with trying to, 
to fill an, another slot with another person. So, well, some of the companies that I wanted to get up on stage, um, aren't even going to the event. Right. So, you know, it's, it's just what, one of those things, you know, we're still in this transition back to normal and, and who knows if we're going to stay on that course back to normal or not, but that's a whole nother conversation. I did see a email from podcast movement today saying that, uh, more than likely masks are going to be required all the time. Well, they didn't necessarily say that, but right. you, so they're kind of, I'm sure what they're going to watch and see was the venue is going to largely dictate, yeah. you know, what happens right. and the that's state true. of the state of Tennessee too. Well, and so we'll right. see what happens here, but, um, I'll have a mask ready in case if they mandate it, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll wear a mask. Otherwise, uh, I'm good. Yeah. And it's kind of a unique situation because, um, outside at this event may, may actually be inside. <laughs> so yeah. because of the giant atrium <laughs> right. that's there, right. Yeah. It may seem like you're outside, but you're really, really inside. inside. So I'm not sure yeah. how they're going to <laughs> don't know either. manage that. Right. So, so I'll come right. with the mask and back. Well, I'll be getting off an airplane with a mask anyways, but it is what it is. It is right. And we'll do what we need to do to keep everybody, you know, feeling safe. Yep. So I don't know. It's like we've been in, you know, it's like all these little things we've got out of the mode of doing shows. So it's all week. I mean, did we cover this? Did we cover that? Uh, let mm -hmm. me check this. Let me check that. And, you know, going yeah. through and making sure profiles are up to date and all that stuff. And I actually had to go look and see if I had business cards. Yeah. To, and I was like, I'm like, I'm a little low. And I, and Mackenzie's, don't worry, I've got a box up for you here from the office. I'm like, okay, thank God, you know, bring those. Otherwise, yeah. I would be using outdated, of course, you know, we have a branded business card. And mm -hmm. Maybe we can talk yeah. about some things if you're going to podcast movement, if you're not, what you should do. And I, I, I think it's advisable, as we talked about on the last show, is to, you know, kind of plan your sessions you're going to be in. And... Mm -hmm you know, have a backup. Don't be afraid to yeah. walk out of a session if it's just not doing what it needs to do for you. But at right. the same time is, you know, make sure that you're hanging out after hours because that's, that's or in the hallways and don't go hide and come and don't be afraid to come up and say hello to people because mm -hmm. they're maybe scared to saying hello too. And all you gotta do is say hi. And my name is so-and-so yeah. and this is who I'm with and what I do. And I think you'll have, uh, a lot of fun. We're still relatively small community still. So even though there's going to be a lot of people there, we won't know, you know, <laughs> heck Rob, I don't know about you, but I go to these events now. It's like, I don't know 90% of the people that are there. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of new people have gotten involved in the industry. Yep. Um, and they don't know who I, I am either, which is okay. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's been the case. And it's been a yeah. long time since there's been an event. So opportunities to meet people in person have been very limited. So any exposure Todd, that you and I have had has probably been either through this show or some virtual event right. that we've been involved right. in. Right. Um, but there's other events coming up too, that, uh, both of us are going to be at, hopefully they're still going to be held, but the NAB event is coming up, um, in Las Vegas. So hopefully that won't get shut down based on Delta, but, um, but ah, that's coming up. They're not yeah. going to shut the country down again. They can't. Right. And then, um, and then you're going to go to Dragon Con, right? I'm going to Dragon Con. I'm also the week before that, 
I'm going to be at the ATD conference in Salt Lake City. Oh, so I'm going to be okay. there, and I leave immediately there for Atlanta. And then the next event after that will be NAB. And then my team leaves directly from NAB to go to She Podcast, or several of my team members do. And so I you're think, not going to go to She Podcast? I'm not either. I'm not. So Mackenzie and one of our other team members is going to She Podcast. So, right. um, so that's, that's kind of the, the plan. Mm-hmm. But if you're out in Salt Lake, if you're going to be at the ATD conference, let me know and happy to meet up. So what's the ATD? Well, event? it's, um, what it is, it's the, um, well, I guess the best way it's a, it's a talent development event. Oh, and, okay. um, I guess let me read the about page. It's, um. I don't know if they've got it, but it's basically a lot of creators are going to be there. And um, it's a uh, conference exposition. And um, basically, it's it's helping creators create content. Not only that, it's um, going to be a lot of companies that are going to be there um, that are um, probably looking for some of our private offerings or private internal podcasting offerings, that kind of stuff. So, so be out there for, for that event. And, um, but, uh, ATD conference is the, uh, I don't know if it's, that's the actual website. Uh, but, uh, anyway, yeah, we'll be out there for two or three days. Well, I, I noticed Todd, the Spotify opened up their, uh, paid podcasting subscription access. Mm-hmm. Today, or at least it got announced today. Um, it, it's it's an interesting contrast to what Apple Podcast is doing around subscriptions. Um, Spotify has made it a little bit more kind of I don't know if, I don't know if open source is the right way to say it, but it's more kind of open to other premium platforms that are available, you know, third party um, that that are creating premium podcasts, right. That can be added to Spotify, which is an interesting model that obviously Apple didn't explore. Um, so getting, so what that creates Todd is kind of like, you know, there was a little bit of a, I guess a fractured direction around premium podcasts. It'd be Mm. terrific if we saw more platforms integrate external premium right solutions into listening platforms versus each listening platform creating their own premium service right yeah so yeah so i don't know what you think about it todd so your thought uh, you know I, I have not read the release or the information yeah. about it i i saw it come across and i just didn't have time to to do it right. um so what do you mean by being open well, they're they're basically enabling um, uh, external partners, hosting platforms, or technology solutions providers to um, to take a podcast, create a premium subscription around it, and be able to integrate it into the Spotify um, uh, user experience, right? To offer a paid podcast, a paid subscription podcast. And it could be there. They listed the name of companies that they've pre-announced that they're going to launch with. And one is called Acast plus. Mm. 
And one is owned by Ellipson. It's glow.fm. And, and then also memberful and supporting cast and supercast, I guess, uh, as well as a number of other publishers too, that are getting involved in this too. Yeah, Vox that, Media, Motley Fool, Supercast, Sporting Cast, Storytel, Slate, right. Memberful, Media Part, Mamma Mia, Malcolm right. Gladwell, Audiobook, Glow, Dear Spiegel, and Acast. So, so if you want to create a premium version of your podcast or a premium podcast, mm-hmm. you can work with these other parties and still be able to get your premium offering in the user experience of Spotify. Hmm. So versus what Apple's doing is what Apple's forcing content creators to upload all their content directly to them and they're hosting it. Well, and it's, they're creating the transaction. Experience. So it's interesting that they're going to do it this way. So there's gatekeepers again. Podcasters can't individually do this with Spotify. You have to go through a third party, which in my, that's, it's, it's insane. It's the same. You guys got suckered in. This is the same thing that they did last time. So would you prefer that Spotify set up their, their own? Yes. So, because why? So now, now they, you guys are doing, you guys are doing all the hard work for them and guess what they're going to do? They're not taking any of the revenue. They're going to buy somebody like they bought Anchor and do the, oh, woohoo, we got them all in. We sucked them all in. Now we're going to go do our own thing. I mean, come on. You, you, a, I mean, I suppose that's you guys didn't. You guys didn't learn your lesson the first time. Well, you know. Oh, come on. Yeah, I think it was a probably a convergence of a couple of issues, right? Where the industry was feeling kind of locked out on the premium side because of (laughs) Apple, right? So there's now gatekeepers. So the only way you can do premium, the only way you can do premium on Spotify is through these partners. Well, it's going to have to be through them or it'll have to be directly with Spotify. See, see what Apple did. Oh man. Can't can't believe it. So you would prefer the model like what Apple is Absolutely. doing over what these Abs- guys are doing? Absolutely, because that at least content creators have control. Yeah, now, if you create a a subscription service through one of these providers, you can actually offer that subscription to all platforms, not just one. Mm. You can even take that subscription and make it available in Apple. Well, it's an interesting approach. Yeah. I but agree yet, with you that but there's yet, a risk that you're basically turning over all your premium customers but, to Spotify. But, and then they no, can no, 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 no. They, they're funneling all premium content through a small number of groups. Well, okay. I guess there's a couple of ways of looking at it. So it's, right? the, same, it's the same play that they did last time. And how long? Before they say, okay, well, we've got, uh, we've got them hooked in. Let's go buy supporting cast and let's just take everyone else and, and screw them. Okay. So, so if Spotify built their own upload process, they would probably, it's, it, it's just another example of them, um, taking control of the content just for their platform. too, <laughs> well, right? I'm just, uh, I'm just like, wow. When people didn't learn the lesson the first time, 
It's okay, you know, and if you're going to... I don't know, Todd. I think that the revenue opportunity might be bigger doing it this way for content creators. Well, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Because content creators have to pay companies like Supporting Cast, and they have to pay for those services. Those services don't come for free. Not a, no, no. Right. Okay. So but there's two ways don't don't have the same fees that Apple has, but there's still fees, and right. you can't tell me that Spotify is going to never take a revenue cut. Well, they haven't at this point, hmm. but that's that, like like you say that could change. Hmm. I agree with you. So we shall see. Well, we will. I don't yeah. know. I just uh, there's always something. I just looked at what they did in the beginning. I know. It's the, I, it's the same I, model. Maybe maybe they're not going to screw everyone over. There's a lot of partners that they've partnered with. Well, here here so far. Well, that's true. But the, yeah. but again, the only way. Again, the only way someone can get premium on to mm-hmm. Spotify is through these partners now. So once again, they've, they've created a, a false, well, they've created a, how should we want to call it? A funnel. <laughs> and content creators, independent content creators have no choice but to use one of these partners to get their premium content yeah, on there. What's, what's the difference between that and them creating their own, like Apple did? I can create my own premium content on my own right now today. I don't need any of these partners to do that. I don't need any of those companies to do premium content. No, but if you want to get your premium content available on Spotify. Then they should have opened it up for everyone and done the same thing instead of just having this limited. What what stops me as an individual from putting my content onto Spotify the same way these work, these partner companies are doing? As, as, well, me because, as, indi- as me as an individual podcaster, why not? Well, then, so you are in favor of Spotify doing the same model that Apple did. Absolutely, because I still can control where my, where my content goes. And me is, I don't have to be funneled through one of these services. I don't, I don't see the, the Okay, as around, an independent around, content creator, and I, if I'm, okay, control. okay, so. I don't have a relationship with any of these companies. None. Zero. You do because Glow FM is a Libsyn right. thing, right? Right, right. But right. if you had premium content that you right. want to sell on Spotify, you can't do it without going through one of these partners. So why? Why, why is there gatekeepers? Why can't I, as a content creator, put that content directly on Spotify myself? If they're not going to take a cut, why can't I do that? Why can't I? Why do I have to go through one of these companies that's going to take a cut? Why? I don't need anyone to do private podcasting or premium. I don't need any of these companies to do that. Right. And, and then they, they don't take a cut. I get 100%. If Spotify is okay. not taking revenue share. All right. So there's my point. Okay. Well, that's... I mean, that's, um, not all of these folks that are listed on this list are all, 
um, third party premium service providers. No, they're not. <laughs> they're, that, they're actually networks. That's network. right. So I say half of them on this list are networks right. shows. Okay. So the networks, right. so why didn't they just open it? Well, it says Spotify open access platform. Mm-hmm. It's not open. If it's well, limited, maybe. if it's limited providers. So far. Maybe. So far. But they're doing the same thing. I'm just telling you. I don't know. It's, I think there's there's a couple different ways of looking at it, too. You're thinking about I, it from a business standpoint. Prefer, you got to think well, about no, it. You have to no, think about I, it from I a would, content creator standpoint. No, I'm just saying I would prefer to look at premium content as something I can offer broadly. Not yeah, just on one, I can one do it platform. broadly. I can do it broadly right now. I can do it broadly. I don't need any of those platforms to do premium content broadly. I don't. So, so how do you do it then? Easy. Either through a membership plugin on my own WordPress website. Simple. Well, if you're okay, if you're, you're only using WordPress there, there's options over there. I agree. Right. But, but but I don't need nobody to do that. I can do that myself. Right. Right. Okay. Then then that doesn't put you in a situation where you're going to do a direct deal with Spotify and upload all your content just to Spotify. No, I'm so I'm saying I don't I'm still don't need these providers to offer premium offering everywhere it's available as long as I'm allowed to put the content on the platform. Right well, now, what, right now, I'm yeah. not allowed to put yeah. the content on the Spotify platform. Well, what Spotify doesn't allow you to do is cut and paste a a premium RSS feed. They what? Their platform. They, I don't believe that they allow you to take a premium that you are paying a subscription on RSS feed and put it into their. If you're the owner of it, they, then so what are they doing? An API got to have all kinds of fancy integration. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, so I mean that is a difference between Apple insane. and insane, absolutely and insane, doing. absolutely. Apple Apple does allow you to take a an external third party subscription RSS feed and put it into your library account. So Apple does allow you to have third party subscription services in your listening account as well as upload directly to them. That is true, but this is a different model from that because Spotify doesn't allow you to import your own RSS feeds into your, your listener account. So this would be the only other way. Spotify absolutely does allow you for your public stuff to have an an RSS feed. That's how they pull that content in. If you're not submitting through Blueberry, what, what does they do when they go, when you have a public show that goes to Blueberry, what do we do? We provide a feed to Spotify. I'm talking about the listener getting an RSS feed from the, third oh, the party. we don't care about the list. We're talking about the listener is going to get the content the way they get the content. So okay. I, I guess I'm confused. So how is Spotify going to collect money then? How are you guys getting paid for Spotify listens? Well, it's, it's all managed through the glow FM platform. Exactly. So. See, I mean, but no, how does when someone's on Spotify and they want your premium content, they pay they right. pay Glow instead of and then Glow pays the podcaster. How right. does how does Spotify do the financial transaction between you and Glow? That's all program. That's all programmatically. Then 
that's all done through the integration with Glow. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. insane. Right. There's well, no way. There was no, there's no way. Yeah. I you, think there's two ways of looking at it. Oh, there is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Gatekeepers, again, for content. You can only sell premium content on Spotify, podcaster, un- unless you work with one of these integrated partners who mm-hmm. then takes a cut of your income for using their service. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Too many hands in the pie. Hmm. Okay. I'm just not sure that many other podcasters are, are going to do it independently on their own. They should have built, of, they should, uh, they should have built a platform and had it available. And had, a WordPress plugin. No, they should that, Spotify, very, Spotify, what very, they're, this is what they're going to do. This is what you guys are going to do all this integration work. Mm-hmm. And then in phase two, they're going to say, Oh, you can do it directly through us now and we'll pay the podcaster direct. You're going to get all the buzz going. Come, don't you, haven't you guys learned a lesson? You, you, okay. they're gonna, so, this is what they're going to do. They're going to screw right. you. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's hard to say. So what is What is the audience thing? It just seemed like it. It was an opportunity. Oh, to, of course. It's an opportunity to make money right. by the providers, by well, ACAST. It's a and podcasting service. <laughs> right. it's, of course, it's about money. And can, screw the podcaster. <laughs> no, it's not screwing the yes, podcaster. It it's yeah. not. At least a podcaster has a decision. He has a direct relationship with Apple. He accepts that they're going to take 30%. I yeah, can well, almost guarantee you be, There's no after, difference in this. Oh, no, no, no. After fees, after fees, <clears throat> after fees to have your it, content on one of these platforms, I almost guarantee you it's going to be 30%. Why would you do business if the margin was less than that? How, how do you make any money? If, I, if I'm a podcaster and I come over to whatever company, it's on this well, list. Todd, 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 you can't just make blanket statements on that. You have to actually go look at what the fees are. Okay. So what are the fees at Glow? Uh, it's a, I don't remember what the percentage is. It's like 2% of the transaction or something like 2%, that. 2%. That's all Glow charges is 2% on I, premium. I'd have to go double check. I, I don't know. They don't pay a base right amount every month or anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a certain amount of, transaction fees that are associated with it also wouldn't be a business right right just right give away things so i understand that but why do why do i have to use a third party so that's my point less than 30 percent. okay but and and that's that's a big chunk and if spotify is not going to take any money and they're being very good about opening this up to the community then guess what they should do they should say okay podcaster come on our platform Here's the interface for you to come on. We'll do a 2% transaction fee for you, 3%, whatever the credit card is, and we'll There's give you all the money back. There's nothing to stop them from building their, their own premium um, services. Ding, 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 ding. Come on. Let's be, let's, let's be practical here. Of course they're going to be doing that. Yep. They're, gonna, they're going to do that. And then all of you guys have spent time and money building integration into their platform will have 
a big surprise. You're going to be like, ah, oh, again. Or they're going to buy one of these companies. And you're going to say, ah, oh, again. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, that's that's a possibility. But these 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 companies have an early in the door, right, of reaching that that listener community on a global scale that um, can can offer these services before Spotify can offer these services. Well, so, Glow.fm, yeah. you can't see the service fees until you sign up. You have to sign up before you can see what the fees are. So why don't you tell the folks over there in your other department mm -hmm. to be transparent about their fees? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I am, um, yeah. I'm, I'm busting your balls here because... There's, there's <laughs> Memberful and there's others know, out there know, that are doing this as well. I know, a, I know. ACAST Plus. And I know. So, so, so yeah. you guys are all the guinea pigs. <laughs> well, Todd, well, I, mean, I don't see it as a huge threat to the Spotify does their own premium service. I think all these platforms are going to offer premium podcasting. And I think what the danger is, is that then these platforms start getting accustomed to, um, content creators uploading content directly to them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to happen, and there's nothing you and I or our companies can do about it. I'm it's just, not like I, I can tell Spotify not to do it, or I can tell SiriusXM not to build your own premium service, which they kind of all, already have when, yep. and when they bought um, Stitcher. Yep. So it's you know, so all these platforms are going to have it, right? So what's what's the difference? Is that these external companies, third party companies? are going to get locked out, right? You you guys are just building their business model. Mm, okay. I mean, that's a possibility, but that's what they've that's their their on that's their operandi modi. Well, they're not they're they're not going to ultimately do this and not make money. How can how can they do this ultimately and not make any money? That that that's the challenge here. They they there's right. something in some fine print that says we're not going to charge a, a fee for so much amount of time. And then at some point, I am almost 99% sure there's something I, I would read that agreement that you guys signed with a fine tooth comb because I bet you there's something in there that says, oh, we're not going to charge a fee for the first two years. And then they're going to get their act together. They're going to launch their own premium service. There's no question about that. But that doesn't hundred percent mean that they're going to kick out the. They're not going to kick out. There. No, you guys are right. going to build the business model for them. They're going to figure out what works and what doesn't. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, that's 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 called a win-win partnership. Oh, I don't know degree. about that. In well, the in the end, in in the end, yeah. did it work out so well when they bought Anchor? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. I mean, Todd, have we chosen to pull all of our shows out of Spotify for, no. for this reason? No, no, no. So, but at the same point, you know where I'm getting, where I'm at. Yeah, I think on this particular topic, <laughs> I, I think it's more complicated than I don't than think the so. Open, open RSS topic. I don't know. This it says open access. That's anything but open. It's anything but open at this point. Well, open, I guess, is defined by not open to everyone to do this. Not everyone even wants to do this. Right. And then, again, and then the number of folks that are 
um, capable of creating enough premium content. I, I, I'm, I'm just shocked, you know, because I don't even think it's that, that big, big of a, I mean, to be quite frank about it, I don't even think it's that big of a revenue opportunity for Apple. Oh, I, well, I, here's the thing. I would love to do it and I would do the math if they told me, okay, Todd, you can have Blueberry can submit to this open access thing. I would then have to do the math and find out how many dev hours it would take to do this integration because it uh, doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. Okay. When there's payment transactions in place, it does. Don't you have a premium podcast? Yeah, we do, but we don't collect money. We we do everything but collect money. We don't have, we allow the podcaster to choose how they want to get paid. They want to use whatever payment system they want. Blueberry no, platform. No, no. We provide the security. We provide the technology through the plugin. Through, no, it's it's a separate service. It's not available through the plugin. Okay. Because okay. so you're plug- not offering a competing service to Glow. Is what I'm saying. Really. No. What we offer is the ability to do private or premium, and then you. Yeah, it is competing. You do is a private it? or premium, whatever you want to do, and then mm-hmm. you collect your own money. Okay. We don't, we don't, we don't get in the money chain of the event. The podcaster can decide if they want to use PayPal, if they want to use Square, if they, whatever they want to use for their own collection of Mm -hmm. payments and then whatever processing fee that they pay with those, that's, that's on them. We don't take a penny of that. They just pay us for the service. Mm -hmm. We have a, we have a rate for the service and they pay for, pay us for that. But you know, our offering is more designed for corporate America, for big companies that are looking to put together private internal podcasting stuff that is going to be used internally. So right. because we knew, we knew just by doing our research that the number of shows that would go premium, hmm. I didn't build a payment system for 10 people. I have, right. so when, when the way I look at the business aspect of this is, I have to have economy of scale. If I've got, let's say I've got 1,000 podcasters and only 100 of them, and that's being 100 of them are going to use that part of the product, do I spend three months of dev time to deliver value for 10% of my customers? Or do I spend dev hours to deliver more value to the 90%? So I have to weigh that as a business owner on where I spend my dev time to bring the most value mm-hmm. to my customers so that I can continue to make money and stay in business and do the things that we do and sure. serve the majority. So right. w- when we looked at private slash premium podcasting, we knew that companies that would come in at a different scale and a different integration level than what a normal podcaster would be able to do. So as an example, um, if you are a big corporate entity and you have to have authenticated users and you have to use OAuth or SSO to authenticate a user to get access to the content, that level of integration is available. But again, they come in at a much higher price point from a, from a, a, from a cost standpoint. So for me to spend three, four, five months developing something, then I only need X number of corporate clients drilling mm-hmm. to make it worthwhile, maintain the app up because the app 
cost my app up, keep my app current. That's like 40,000 a year just to keep the app current. So if you're going to have a service for podcasters is they're going to offer premium Uh, PowerPress. We've had premium offerings for five years, six, seven years. People have been able to do premium with PowerPress. Mm -hmm. So I didn't add a premium thing to PowerPress. It's already done by five or six Mm -hmm. other people much better than what we could ever do. Mm-hmm. The so when it comes back to me as a service now, Glow and all these companies, they build a platform that they say, okay, we need X number of tens of thousands of customers to make our business model work. There is not tens of thousands of independent podcasters today that can make it on premium. Right. right. There's there's three percent that can make it on premium and make enough money to make it worthwhile. Or someone does well, a one-off yeah, that, yeah yeah i think what we're seeing is maybe content creators thinking about uh creating original content just for premium well i think is the, the evolution i did sure. find the the article that was written on this rollout by spotify uh about a premium or paid subscription platform i say today we're rolling out a paid subscription platform for podcasters that gives them Maximized revenue, wide reach, and discoverability. The program begins rolling out in the USA today and will expand internationally in the coming months. This feature will be available to creators through Anchor. <laughs> so, I'll, yeah, yeah. So, what, you know, put that in context of what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And it says allowing podcasters to mark episodes as subscriber only and publish them to Spotify. Other podcast listening platforms and and other podcast listening platforms, which I'm not quite sure how that's that that's mm-hmm. working, but for the next 2 years this program will come at no cost. Mm. So for the next 2 years, I think you mentioned something about that earlier, at no cost to the creator, meaning that participating creators receive 100% of their subscription revenue. Um, excluding payment transaction fees. So starting in 2023, we plan to introduce a competitive 5% fee for access to this tool. So there you go. So you have to stay under 5%. But you have to host through Anchor. Well, again, long-term, the handwriting's already on the wall. But that means that Glow and other platforms can get directly to this same paid subscription opportunity minus transaction that. fees. So you're gonna you're gonna pay well, Spotify. There's gonna be there's gonna be transaction fees whether they go to Anchor or they go to right. to Glow. Right. Of course, right. And then Glow's got to add their piece on to make money. So again, my thought process is, I go direct. I pay one transaction fee to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I get the rest of the revenue. And yep. so long-term, this might be a short-term good deal for yep. podcasters. But again, I'm, again, by the number of podcasters that are going to do premium, if if the integration time is what I would probably right. assume would be significant man hours, it's not going to be. And this is not no 40-hour, man-hour integration. They, nothing is that simple. Because mm-hmm. you got to make interface, you got to make toggles, you got to make all kinds of things. 
to do this. Um, I would bet this is probably a single dev or a team of devs, probably mm -hmm. six, eight weeks of dev time to do this integration. And if that's right. the case, then, okay, what did that cost me? You know, average dev today is $100,000. Right. You know, let's say it takes two months. That's three devs on it. $120,000 integration fees. And then I'm building this for 10% of my user base, maybe. Mm. I think it depends on the, the, the hosting platform and their composition of their content creators. But um, it does say in the next paragraph, the first group of participating creators, including 12 independent podcasters who are each uniquely well positioned to succeed with, uh, gaining meaningful, meaningful revenue. So, so I think what's going on here is that they're, they simultaneously launched their own premium subscription service yep. to anchor. Yep. And then they, they're partnering to get in as much content from third parties mm -hmm. and third party platforms to accelerate the growth and availability of premium content on the platform. Sounds exactly like another strategy they used a few years right. ago. Well, sure. And, and I think, um, some of those partners would never host on anchor. True. Right? True. So that's, that's the other piece that they, they, they recognize. Um, but again, you know, I don't mind people making money. But when you start subdividing stuff, percentage here, percentage there. Well, this is a better deal than what Apple's offering. Definitely. Well, again. 5% versus 30. Well, we'll see. We'll see what kind of reach Apple has versus, you know, it's, well, economy, Apple, of, it's economy of scale. So if I have to pay Apple 30% and I get 5% from Spotify and I get. No, that's fees. Fees. Uh, yeah. In the end, who's delivering me more bodies? You know, who's delivering more me more more? And again, the thirty percent for Apple is only for the first year. After that, I think it goes down to twenty percent. Oh, okay. I think I have to double yeah. check on that. Someone can quote me here, but again, it goes down to. In the end, I I, I just uh, there's podcasters that are going to treat. Some podcasts are going to be very successful at this. Don't get me wrong. I know there will be. Some of we do very, very well. But again, it's a very small percentage of shows. Yeah. No, I agreed. I agreed on that point. Definitely. So as a business owner, I have to really think about, you know, this. first of all, not only building it, maintaining it, increasing features, Adding mm -hmm. stuff when I'm being told, changing stuff when they change the API. I mean, we, we've all been through that already with them. So, oh, we, we're, we're going to go to API version two. You need, need, need now to spend another four weeks fixing this. So, yeah, I'm, it is what it is. Given the conversation that we were having earlier with our one of our guests, um, um, Bart uh, Rosalini from um, Veritone One, who's going to be on the panel with, with us, we talked a little bit about dynamic ad insertion, and I did notice that 
Buzzsprout announced that they were adding a dynamic content library to their their platform for pre-rolls and post-rolls. I thought that was interesting. I didn't see anything to do with mid-rolls in the, that announcement. But you know, are are we seeing the um, the general kind of broad-based adoption of dynamic ad insertion into the mix at hosting platforms? Um, it's it's been a little slow in coming over the the years um but i just wonder you know this puts more pressure on education right around how to do dynamic content so that's something it, that we'll talk 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 more about at the event too. If, if you build dynamic the question the problem is okay dynamic is a relative you know it's not complicated to do but the question really is is well, and pre-roll and post-roll is the easiest thing. To well, do. of course, but no one does post-roll. It'd be foolish to do post-roll. There's nothing well, more but promotion. But, you know, yeah. even mid-roll is not difficult from a pro programmatic standpoint. In other words, building a system to do ad insertion. Now, the, right. the, really the, the thing that, again, most, and, and, and I try, I'll, I'll just say this again. If you're part of the 10% that has great long tail, right. you should be on dynamic ad insertion today. You, you should be. You should be on whatever platform you're on, whatever tier you need to be on, you should be on dynamic ad insertion. The rest of the 90% don't need it. Regardless if an advertiser is not happy about that ad being in there six months later because no one's listening to it. 90% right. of shows burn 90% of their lifetime downloads within the first 96 hours. So 90% of the podcast community really is no need to be on dynamic. I'd love to have everyone on dynamic. I'd love to have that extra income for dynamic because it does cost money to have that infrastructure available. Mm -hmm. So, and reprocessing fees, rebuilding files, storage, just all that stuff does add up. So, but I'd be foolish to tell a podcaster that is in this 90% stack, you need dynamic. I'd be, I'd be lying to them and saying that they need dynamic because they don't. <clears throat> yeah. Now, if they're tied, it's different if they're tied into a programmatic system. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, different. That's definitely another use for That's it, different, right? you know, where they take a programmatic ad and put it on as pre or mid and they get a few bucks for that and it gets yanked out, you know, two weeks later. Then that's the different story. You know, they I mean, get that. A, yeah, I mean, it's a technology that can unlock a lot of, um, you know, additional advertising inventory that's available to advertisers out there. And I, I think we've talked about it many times on this show that that's the key to keep growing ad revenue. It's not putting more ads, more <laughs> individual ads into the same podcast. Yeah. That, that's not how we're going to grow the revenue in the best way in the, yeah. in the medium. And it does feel like we're, we're heading in that direction. Yeah, we are. I, I listened yeah. to a show the other day. It had seven, seven pre-rolls. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's going to backfire you on you in the long run. No, people just, um, it doesn't backfire. People just hit fast forward. <laughs> right. Well, it backfires on you because people don't listen to the ads. 
are going to listen to the ads <laughs> and they may stop listening to your podcast right. because there's too many ads in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. So I thought that was interesting. To me, the pre-roll is dead based upon a lot of apps. Anyway, you can set it to actually jump two minutes into the content. You don't even have to listen to the, it just automatically jumps. It doesn't even, you don't have to do nothing. Yeah, I think you're thinking of overcast, right? Right. You just hit the yeah. skip button. No, there's no skip. You pre you set it's it in your settings. Ad. You set it in your settings how much you want it to jump. Oh, and for it a does particular it. show, yeah. Oh, got it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, sh we shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, I also heard that Descript has announced their studio sound service now. I guess they're calling it voice regeneration. Uh, it claims to remove noise, room echo, and make it sound like you're in a studio, Todd. Hmm. Interesting concept. So, so we keep, um, these platforms keep creating tools to make it easier for podcasters, I guess, to make their audio sound good when they do a terrible job of recording it. So, um, which I guess is a good thing, I suppose. It, it can also make your audio sound rather, um, I say might be a good way of saying kind of metallic and not natural <laughs> right is the danger of some of these filtering tools that I've experienced over the years. Um, and, and also headliner announced uh, backstage, which I don't know if you saw this, Todd, it's basically the ability to record from social audio apps. So you can um, now upload, transcribe and create promotional videos for your um, social audio with content who? that you create with like a clubhouse. Oh, we've been so, social sharing stuff's been, you know, why is this a big deal? Because, well, I guess it's for those platforms. Yeah, it's pulling audio out of these. In most of the platforms, it's kind of, you know, borderline cool whether or not you can record stuff on the social audio platforms like, like clubhouse and, and in those platforms and they're making the ability to record it all, upload it all, uh, transcribe it all and create promotional videos about it. And then also it creates uh, speaker separation ability too. So they're using some AI technology, uh, to, to analyze the, the, the audio recordings and create these snippets of sorts. And I guess it's free to use. Hmm. Well, Audio Burst does the same thing for free. Yeah, but not for recording social social audio audio, right? No. So the, they're actually enabling you to do it. I guess when you're doing your social audio Is, sessions, isn't that against terms of service of those folks? Um, you know, I think. The clubhouse thing is that the, the owners or the founders have been fairly clear that you can do it as long as you let your audience know that you're doing it, um, by, by putting in the title and in your description and, and, you know, kind of telling people during your session that you're doing that. Mm -hmm. So, but this takes things to a whole nother level. It's basically putting a promotional marketing, um, campaign around this stuff in it being rather automated. So that's, that's an interesting twist on it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, um, uh, social sharing is big 
wherever you may or may not do it, I, you know, I think that uh, every podcaster figure out where they're going to share and how they're going to share. But again, I don't think the majority of podcasters are hanging out on Clubhouse and creating content. Maybe they are. Maybe I'm wrong, but a well, percentage heard, of them. Yeah, from what I heard, uh, as of this week, the the waitlist or the invitation only uh, model has gone away. Yeah. So so that tells you that uh, things have slowed down over there, and that's why they opened it up. Todd, I'm sure you'll you'll laugh at this next uh, thing that's popped up um, about that Hollywood podcast that got uh, forced to change their name by an indie podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess a podcast um, uh, done by Kristen Bell and uh, Monica Padman. Um, it was a show called um, Shattered Glass, and I guess that show already existed, um, being done by an indie podcaster. So they had to, Kristen Bell and her co-host had to change the name from Shattered Glass to Armchair Expert. Mm, I'm sure there's a uh, few podcasts out there named that too. <laughs> it just points out the how certain podcasters that get into the medium think that, you know, nothing could have existed before them. Right. Mm -hmm. So they can just do whatever they want to do and not look to see if there's somebody else doing the same exact thing. Right. <laughs> it's such a simple thing to, to do. You just pull up the Apple app and do a search or Google. Uh, yeah. Or Google search. Yeah. Either one. Well, Hmm. Yeah. So get a trademark for your <laughs> or service, service mark, mark right? Yeah. For your your podcast name, it's it's a it's two hundred bucks or something like that. Um. Oh, one thing we haven't talked about yet, Todd, and you were po you pointed this out a couple of days ago too, was about Fireside Chat. Oh, uh, Adam Adam Curry <laughs> pointed out, I guess, an unusual clause in the Fireside terms of service. Yeah. And, and it's, it says they, you know, they can, they can do pretty much whatever they want with your content. And it's interesting it because like. I had a Twitter exchange. Oh. This isn't the first time anchor launched with this kind of terms of service too, as you recall. So let me go and look at my Twitter exchange I had because, um, I, our guests from a couple of weeks ago, um, let's see if I can find this. Uh, let's see here. Notifications, and, mentions. And Mark Cuban from Shark Tank fame is going to be at Podcast Movement. He's behind this company or one of the right. two founders. So he's going to be up on stage talking. I'm sure, you know, if he does a and a I'm sure there'll be some interesting questions. So I told, anyway, go ahead. I told Tanner, Tanner had said, uh, uh, Chris Tanner was our guest a few weeks ago. He says, my at Spotify podcast exclusive by choice and for science will launch in August. Same for my fireside production at geek news at Rob Greenley. You wanted me to put my RSS feed where my mouth was. I told you I had already planned to. Now we get to see what happens. Data is six and 12 months. And um, I replied to him. I said, you should read those fireside terms of service very closely. As a content creator, I would go nowhere where someone can own and use my media. And he says, I already spoken to Fallon about it. Thanks. So yeah. 
Um, it's not like he he disputed your claim no so he's already spoken to Fallon about it and oh also someone used a little bit of social audio engineering he's talking about social sharing a certain a certain plugin developer um, also quoted some stuff from the show Uh, and I'll just say this the plugin that will go unnamed (laughs) Of course it will. We we had a little uh, back and forth on it. Was kind of fun on social media, but he paid a thirty six second. Um, Matt says, "I think the words at Geek News was looking here was beep, beep. It's why users switch away beep from the labyrinth that is PowerPress. People don't switch away from PowerPress. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a labyrinth. If people have been using PowerPress anytime lately, they should they should look and see what we have done. It's uh it's very user friendly at this point. Spent a lot of time on working on the UI on that. But it's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we know people are listening to the show, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. To- so it's, it's, it's always, you know, so I'm, you know, it's fun having people quote stuff from the show and put it up on social media. It, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not like it's never happened before. That's yeah, for sure. that's true. And I should mention the number of people we have moving to our plugin. I, I don't even, I have those statistics. So because <laughs> we, 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 we migrate a lot of shows off of other plugins as well. So I would imagine. Yep. <laughs> but keeps us all busy keeps us all on our toes keep us all competitive yep so yeah i'm i'm just kind of quickly scrolling through the the list of areas that are in the terms of service um that you know and i think james cridlin i mean james cridlin outlined it pretty well so if you want to go back and read it well i want you to read what adam said i don't have the quote in front of me do you have it uh, he links to I the tw- he links to the tweet. I think his blog actually. Oh, was it on his blog? Yeah, I, and I, I think he blogs a lot, so I'm mm. not sure. Well, there was a link in James's article that linked to whatever Adam had said. He, I think he I thought he quoted it. So, but yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty serious statement about reuse, sell. No, you have no arbitration rights we can do what you want with your comment your content and tough <laughs> well the, the actual quote in here says fireside can copy your best ideas sell your stuff with your name on it and ignore you if you don't like that <laughs> see you in court oh except no you can't do that either you can't take them to court either. Because most of those terms of service have attribution clauses. You have to go to attribution. You can't go to court. Right. Or arbitration. Arbit- yeah, arbitration. I said it wrong. Right. So, right. ladies and gentlemen of the jury of the new media show, this is why you create content on your own .com and you have your own RSS feed and you build your brand and then you pick the host that you feel will best serve you to help grow your show. Wow, was that your your 
your new elevator pitch? No, it's what it's been for the past 16 years. Podcast hosts don't, don't grow your show though, right? It depends on the tools they provide. No, that's true. And the insights sure. they give you. Right. Right. So, you know, here's one thing that I can't, no one can ever say anything about me. You know, people used to poo-paw me all the time. You know it, Rob. They, I would, I'd get bashed. You don't need to own your own RSS feed. You don't need to have your own .com. You're just trying to sell hosting services because you make a plug-in. Oh. Right. Yes. Right. A plug-in that will work if Blueberry goes out of business, by the way. A plug-in that will continue to operate. If I turn off the... if I turned off all the servers right now people's mm -hmm. sites would still be up now your media will be offline because you know we'll turn to the meat but you will at least be able to survive an extinction event by a company any company mm -hmm. can't say that about all plugins yeah that's true mm -hmm. so i just popped over to the podcastindex.org slash stats page and i don't think so, those so, numbers have changed quite as much as they have oh, in the past one thing before you go on here did i hear right robert says in chat did i hear right only three percent of podcasters make money with a subscription model think i'll keep mine free and look for merch and donations if you're not one of the three percent you're representing net you are representing a negative to your audience by encouraging them to participate in so robert just to be clear we think that about 3% of shows are capable, at least I do. Okay, that's my hypothesis. That's not a, that's not a number. That's Todd's hypothesis that how many shows would be capable of creating premium content, free content and premium content to be able to be, have a successful model. That's my guesstimation, right. okay? Right. So right. Um, just so we're clear on that. But, Though I would say there are shows that are being created um, just for the premium subscription service. But those now. shows probably more than what's happened in the past. But those shows ha are associated with something that is already successful. There's very, I I can yeah. create some premium content and put it out there. I mean, That's I've true. considered it, mm -hmm. putting out some premium content, but and then I would have to promote that. And maybe right. it would be successful, but how much work, what's the work time? You know, am I end up, am I end up going to be paying myself 15 cents an hour to get it done? You know, that's right. Is it really seen more as bonus content? Right. Is that going to be really, I think when you look at the bigger picture of things, um, that's really where the opportunity really is. Um, but you're right. I think it's the larger content networks and content creators out there that are going to take advantage of this premium right, offering right. to create, you know, podcast dramas and fictional and non-fictional series and stuff like that. And they'll put them out as subscriptions, you know, fairly similar to what's been going on with audiobooks for the last 20 years. So mm -hmm. it's this line between audiobooks and premium podcasting is, I don't even know that there is a line anymore. Uh, if you really think about it, I know so, some people are mad that they couldn't have their shows on the, uh, podcast awards because they, they didn't have an RSS feed. They were only available as premium. Mm -hmm. 
or they were on like Luminary or something. Well, they were on something that required a username, password, all of uh, the above. Yeah. Right, right, right. Spotify, right. Amazon, Luminary. I think I got a request from just about every company that had premium shows or behind the firewall shows. And I said, got to have an RSS feed. It's not a podcast. And the PR person didn't understand it. He's like, what do you mean? He says, not a, I said, it's not a podcast. Technically. I made sure I used that word technically. Mm -hmm. And some people will argue that, but you're going to talk about some numbers where, because someone added a 90 day number, right? Yeah. I was just going to mention quickly the podcast index.org slash stats page. So if you wanted to go check this out on occasion, just to see what podcast index is showing for the, the number of podcasts that are active oh. in that index, right? Mm -hmm. Um, is just a hair over 4 million. So it's 4,069,318 as of right now. Um, and the number that's interesting because they, they show you how many shows, when was the last time they published an episode, right? So they have these breakdowns, like, um, the number of shows out of that 4 million, that have published an episode in the last 10 days. 263,000 in the last 10 days. Right. 263,406 uh, or 407,000 have published one episode in the last 30 days. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the other number, uh, which I'm, I'm not as sure is as relevant is the three day number, which is 119,000. Um, there's not that many shows that published, twice no, a week. No. So, well, quite a so few, 119,000 published every three, at least every three days. That's every, a pretty big number. Yeah. Well, it is uh, for shows that are publishing two episodes a week, Yep. which I think that would have to be right. Mm -hmm. Um, a little over two. So the medium there is really, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a matter of timing when they pull the data, I, I right. would imagine, but, um, but the 10 day number really fits into that weekly published cadence. Um, that's probably a more, that 10 day number, the 263,000 shows mm -hmm. is really your pool of competitive podcasts, active podcasts in, but, in, in the whole medium. But we were guessing before what the 90 day number was. They put it out there, 690 K. So yeah. that, yeah. you know, that's about what we guessed. And, um, <laughs> uh, so a big Delta from 690 up to 400 or 4 million, 4 million. You know, I mean, what if they took that out to 90 days? Well, they did. Uh, they took it out to 80 days or 365 days. Right. I don't know what those numbers look like. But. Well, they're listening. So go ahead, guys. Let's see what those let's extend that data out further. Yeah. Well, they've only been doing this in. Well, they may not have that depth of data yet. So maybe we have to right. wait to their indexing more stuff to be able to give us more info, but, uh, also there was something that, uh, I saw that was shared privately. There's some speculation. I don't know if I can, can I talk about this? Um, oh yeah. So Daniel J. Lewis, um, talked to it. Well, I don't know if I can say this because it's, I don't know if he, if he's trying to do a blog post, I better be, keep this in confidence at this point. 
but there's been a change since about July 1st on With what? inbound uh, inbound number of new shows. And um, when the majority of new shows are being approved and that type of stuff. So uh, well, I know Apple's been kind of slow on it lately. Well, it's, well, it depends. I've had shows turned around in 24 hours, but oh, you have? Yes, okay. the speculation. I, I again, I don't want to burn his story if he's got one, but um, essentially that maybe the the Spotify thing is an effect where they're not automatically submitting anymore. So oh, to to Apple, yeah. Right. And another hey. thing that Chartable is doing is they can no longer afford to give to import Apple stats without you paying them to begin with, which still is a, by the way, Apple, Hey, if you're going to allow, I'm just going to point my finger. So I know you're listening. If you're going to allow Chartable to allow podcasters to authenticate their accounts and allow Chartable to pull data off the Apple system and not enforce your terms of service, then I'm going to start doing it too. There can't be, you know, there are rules and we try to follow the rules. So I will follow the rules, but if there is, if the rules don't apply, then what's to stop me from my stat system authenticating Apple users through the Apple system and start pulling that data myself against the Apple's terms of service. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I'm not saying you cut them off, but I'm going to say it. And if you, if you have a separate agreement with them, fine, send me the agreement. I'll sign the same damn thing. I'll put raw voice on there and we'll, we'll sign it and we'll do whatever we need to do to make that happen. So I can be a rule breaker too. What would you say about that, Rob? You're being quiet. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Why not? I'm rebuilding my stats platform from the bottom up. Right. And wow. I mean, I got top secret limited distribution stamped all over those designs. Yeah. So okay. why not add that piece? I guess you could. Mm. Everybody wants more, more data. More right? data. They want more stuff. So I'm not going to complain about someone else having, doing something they're not supposed to. I'm just going to go ahead and do it myself too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. I wonder I'm, if the I wonder if the Apple team's going to be a podcast movement. Um, hmm. Hmm. that's a good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I did see the PodTrack article talking about uh, what's behind the year-over-year -year decrease in podcast downloads for June of 2021. Oh, everyone was like freaking out. Yeah, I was I was like going, maybe it's because PodTrack doesn't track all the podcasts. <laughs> no, they don't. Neither does Blueberry. Neither but, does Libsyn. Neither does yeah. Chartable. No, we don't all track all of them. 
And it does show <laughs> very specifically um, Apple and the decline. And we both know that Apple's had their hmm, issues lately. Um, oh, they had some app issues. But, you know, rea right. in, in reality, <laughs> those numbers are very interesting because it can tell you it's not auto-downloading. So it's, it gives you a better representation, maybe for a short period of time, of what really was happening with your show on Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. It gave us a window of looks. Of, what are you saying when you say that, Todd? What do you mean? It's meaning that and not everyone that is subscribed or follow is listening. Okay, this is not this is not rocket science. If there I was a eighty five percent of every download it, was listened to, if there, if there was a podcast that wasn't auto downloaded, no, it's not about how much it's listened to. That's nothing. That's not. That's not the. You said 85% every 85% of all podcasts that were downloaded were listened to. Is that what you said? Well, that's what the Edison research was showing a few years back, right? Okay. Well, no, I, I don't want to even go to try to interpret that data because Tom's going to bash me. He already bashed me in a couple of things. I'm, so I don't have that slide <laughs> in front of me. But I'm just saying, if you had, for example, right. you had 100 Apple podcast downloads in May. Right. And you had, a hundred Apple podcast downloads in June or early okay. mid July or before this okay. fix took place. Right. Or you got 85. You can assume if your audience hasn't changed at all, that 15 people that downloaded your show never listened to it. Hmm. Hmm. Because if you had 85, if you had, when they weren't. Yeah, but isn't that a download number? When it wasn't, uh, when it wasn't auto downloading. Yeah, it's a listen, when but okay. Listen downloads. It, they weren't downloading, auto downloading. Oh, they weren't. Okay. Right. So there's a delta there and you can kind of look at that data and go, huh? You need to know the exact times when the bug existed, when it didn't, before, right. after. There's a lot of, right. lot of, lot of unknowns. Right. Right. So what is my TriCaster warning me of? Oh, uh, that's interesting. I'm about to shut down. Uh, we're still online. No, we're not. We're offline. What? <laughs> yeah, we, we went down. The system, my system crashed just now. So oh, we are no longer on the air. Ah, we're on YouTube. <laughs> we're not on Facebook. <laughs> Something is weird. Oh, that's interesting. Well, anyway, we're getting close to the end of the show anyway. We are at the so end Todd, of the show. Todd, did you know that iHeartRadio is is number one for podcasts? Sure. Continues to be sure. number one. I guess it's according to sure. Media Monitor's podcast listener survey for the second half of June. What, what's that company's name? Media Monitors? Yeah. Boy, I've got, I need to reach out over there. I've got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell. Right. And yep. it says also that uh, Joe Rogan and The Daily are one and two mm. most popular podcasts. Okay. How do they know that? Mm. Hmm. Uh, those two things are not necessarily directly related. So, And they don't know. Because the Joe Rogan is only on Spotify. So nothing to do with iHeartRadio. Yeah. 
but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, these big somehow these big media companies keep showing up. You know, it says they have. Oh, this ranking is based on uh, the number of podcasts in the top two hundred list. <laughs> oh my God! Well, it's okay. You know, it's when you have uh, big budgets and PR people and spin masters and they can say what they want to say. Right. And if they are great, congratulations. So what? Right. It's the number of podcasts. It it doesn't even say the number of podcasts in the top 200 of what. Right. So what is the... What's top publishers from the top 200? I don't know. I don't know. My my TriCaster's having a meltdown right now. It says it's been streaming coding for two hours and 57 minutes, but yet we've only been live for about 90 minutes. So it it burped and did something today. That's why the video got interrupted. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Rob, we're at the end. So uh, we are. Who did we piss off today? Uh, I don't think we pissed <laughs> off too many people. And Apple, if you're going to be at the uh, at Podcast Movement, uh, love to talk to you. I don't know if you're traveling or not or allowed to. Probably they're not. Yeah. So I, yeah, I did see Apple is looking to hire a new head of content. Hmm. Need a new, need a new job, Rob? Nope. <laughs> Me, it's know, been a couple of years, you know, it's, it you, you, since years. you jumped companies. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you got to work for Apple. You can't be on this show no more because you can't talk. I know exactly. That's why I would <laughs> I find never, a new, find a new co-host. I would never want to necessarily <laughs> really at the end of the day, do anything like that. But, yeah. um, I also saw that FeedBurner has announced stuff. I, I know we, we, we got to go up here. Yeah. I know. But they they did announce that they FeedBurner is still powering fifty six thousand podcast feeds. I'm not surprised. Yep. The question is, are they active? Well, (laughs) that's that's much bigger. That's the question. And and Dan Franks went on the Audio Burst podcast to talk about what's coming up in podcast movement. Well, awesome because Audio Burst is going to be at Podcast Movement. So I. I I guess uh, usually Dan comes on this show to talk about. Oh, well, he, he, he did. So he did a long longer yeah. time ago. But all right, yeah. we got to go. We do. Yes, we all do. Right. So I'm Todd at Blueberry at Geek News. And by the way, Ken, thank you to the generous donation. It is re- right. I mean, thank you. wow. Thank you. That was yeah. really that is that, wow. that was a it, it was it was wow. So thank you so much. Appreciate. Uh, the support yeah. and the confidence that, you know, really blew me away being very, very honest. So, um, yeah. other than that, uh, anyone else that PayPal thing is on the website, <laughs> a couple of more of those types of donations and, um, yeah, it would be good. <laughs> I can buy a new microphone or something. That, so, that, that's totally what you need. Tom. That's right. I need microphone. another microphone. Right. So, I do need a some something from one company, but I'm not going to announce it on the show. Let's see if I can get something. What? What is this? Uh, well, Starlink is coming, and when Star, oh, I told you we're going to end the show. When when Starlink comes, I can change some studio stuff to maybe do the show from another location. So, 
Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Do it from home? Potentially. Yeah. When I want to. So, wow. all right, Todd at blueberry.com or geeknews at gmail.com at geeknews is my Twitter account. Uh, if you've got any comments about the show, and of course, Rob, no one knew your email. So what is your email again? Rob G at lipson.com, or you can just, you can send me an email to rob.greenly at gmail.com. So those are my two active email addresses. And uh, I can be found on Twitter at Rob Greenley. Uh, those are the probably the best ways to reach me. I'm on link, uh, LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook and all those other platforms too. So I can be easily be found. But like Todd said, send an email. Yep. We'd love to hear from you. Yep. Yeah. Everyone, right, well, take care. We'll see you. We'll be see no you. Wednesday show. Podcast movement. Podcast next. movement. And the show will be out probably over the weekend if you're not right. on the virtual ticket. If you're not, If you haven't got the virtual ticket for podcast movement, please do so. All right. So August 6th yep. at 2.15 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. So look for us live. And uh, and find us at the show or after the show and uh, have, let's have a cocktail. All right, everybody, take care. We'll <laughs> okay, see you. Bye. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. I feel like I'm in Hawaii. <laughs>